Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to R&R Showtime with Robert and Ryan. Today, we are going to be discussing the most recent episode of WandaVision, episode four. I believe it's called uh, To Interrupt This Program. Something along those lines, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, first think, impressions. Uh, yeah, we'll do first impressions, right? All right. Um, Go ahead first, Ryan. Well, I know what your first impression was because you're quite vocal about it. Um, this is probably the best episode so far. Um, it's very much a clarifying episode. It's it, it sort of you get this a lot with like these types of like mystery box shows where one episode just sort of like, oh, 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 but wait. And that's sort of kind of what this episode is in your impression. Yeah, this is definitely what I was waiting for in the first opening scene. I literally exclaimed. I was like, yes. I mean, and I've alluded to it in the past episodes where I was waiting for this episode to come up and I expected and hoped for it. But I think this is where it really all tied it together and has now really got me fully hooked into the show. Um, I knew this is where I was going and I know that a lot of people probably felt similar to how I did and some of them were might have been a little more vocal about uh, their displeasure, but I think it was definitely worth the wait and I'm uh, excited to see where it goes from here. So I'm happy those people have been finally proven wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's do a quick little recap. So the episode starts with we find out later to be Monica Rambeau being reassembled from the blip of uh Avengers Infinity War and from the events of Endgame and we see a scene where she comes back in a hospital and really what has become a state of chaos as this hospital is being overrun by all of the patients and doctors and people that do not know what's going on Um, we can assume patients that were in the need of care uh, that have been unhooked from ventilators or you know we can't be certain but it's the state of chaos and we got our first glimpse of this from uh spider-man uh far from home with like a scene of like there's like a basketball court with students reappearing in the middle of a game and so we we've gotten the vague vegas ideas of what this blip meant but seeing it like play out in a hospital like that's not a place where my mind ever went before and just to sort of see the chaos of that yeah, I, I in Far From Home, I think that they, they take it a little more lightly, almost more amusingly. But here you see more glimpse into the reality of what it would be like for half of the world's population to just show back up right where they were again after being gone for five years. So it's pretty startling. Um, for most people, they don't know Monica Rambeau is the daughter from the movie Captain Marvel of Maria Rambeau, Captain Marvel's uh, pilot friend. Yeah, Carol Danvers, the old friend from the before time. <laughs> yeah, and so she is running around the hospital in a, in a state of panic, and it seems that she's looking for her mother, um, which sort of tells us that she must have been in the hospital with her mother just previous when the blip happened. And it's uh, someone that recognizes Monica tells her that her mother died three years previously, which was two years after the blip. So this was our first introduction. That's where the opening scene ends. And we, again, that's, that's that moment where I was like, wow, okay, here we go. This is, this is the episode where we're really not, we're moving out of WandaVision and back into the, the whole MCU. Yeah. So we take it back to sword. 
where she meets the new acting director since the previous director, Maria Rambo, has uh, passed away. And uh, Monica's found out that she's been grounded due to protocol set up by her mother. And so her first mission is what seems like a very uh, by the numbers case with the FBI lending out a drone. But this is where we finally meet character that I touched upon before. Uh, Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man and the Wasp, played by Randall Park, is uh, working on a missing person's case. And it takes place in the uh, town of, what is it? Westview, Westview, New Jersey. Westview, New Jersey. And this is where where we know Wanda to be located. But the episode is sort of slowly unraveling that information for them. Yeah. So, and so Monica arrives there, meets Jimmy Woo, and we see her. They, they had requested a drone so that they could survey the town. Jimmy was sort of brings her out to speed and, and demonstrates with two police officers that make a bold claim standing in front of the sign for Westview, New Jersey, that it does not exist. So there is some kind of strange happening to the people in the area, um, forcing them to be ignorant of, of its existence. Um, and Jimmy Wu, he establishes that he's tried to contact people that knew the missing person and they don't know anything about the missing person anymore. The, the memory has been completely stripped from their minds. So, we're seeing some sort of we have to the missing person being there within the town being from or uh, placed within the town. It's been something about that town has just been stripped from anybody's mind that could be relevant. So this is an interesting development. So Monica Rambo pulls out the drone requested uh, and it looks pretty interestingly like a small, tiny helicopter, but with a uh, large camera like uh, front square to it. And she begins to fly it towards the town to get an aerial view. And as she's flying it and they're both viewing the, uh, the LCD projector, uh, on her device, it shorts out and then the drone is gone. So this sort of, I mean, we almost, I almost immediately, I think maybe Ryan felt too, that that's probably the helicopter. No, it's, it, it is confirmed within the episode. Yeah, confirmed later. But that's, I mean, in that moment, it was, yeah. that, that's it. Oh, that's the helicopter. That's how it happened. And then shortly after the helicopter goes through, Monica follows it. And something we didn't touch upon this yet. Monica is a uh, striking resemblance of one Geraldine. Yeah. So we are already seeing... Uh, this episode definitely just has a bunch of different tiebacks to all the last episodes where we're getting these questions answered. We see the drone fly in. We're like, oh my God, that must be the helicopter. We see Monica Rambo touch and then get pulled into this world um, that's been manifested. And that's who Geraldine is. Yeah. Monica so, Rambo. Yeah. So it's uh, what, uh, pretty and, interesting. Yeah. Once she goes in, that's when. That's when the case becomes serious. Several U.S. agencies start piling in to investigate the situation. And among the experts brought in is uh, Darcy Lewis, Kat Dennings from the first two Thor movies. She's brought in as a expert on this case and she detects uh, CMBRs. I think it was cosmetic or cosmic micro background radiation. Yes. Yeah. And she's brought in as a doctor in astrophysics. So we are seeing, uh, I, I really love that we're now tying back to multiple MCU movies. We already have Monica Rambeau from 
Captain Marvel, but now we have Darcy from the Thor movies. And it seems, I mean, we are five years in the future, so Darcy has her doctorate and she's no longer a assistant anymore. She's I mean, moved we're, on. we're five years in the future from... We, it's not touched. It's not really touched upon whether or not Darcy was blipped. It's not touched upon whether or not Jimmy Woo was blipped. We yeah. don't. We don't know. They could have been around for the five years. They could have been not there for the five years. But mm-hmm. I mean, Thor. What's the second one? Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. I mean that that was all that was like 2013 anyway. So she was five years removed from five years from removed. Yeah. But in that one, I don't know. She is a doctor in Dark no, that's World. No, so. but that's why I'm saying like Dark World takes place like many years before even Infinity War. So yeah. she had time, even if she wasn't blipped. Yep. But progression, she's been living her life. Yeah. So, but uh, she comes in and she detects CMBRs and starts to try and parse them out. And she finds some sort of background uh, broadcast frequency on it and yeah she sees long wave transmissions along with the microwaves and those she recognizes as being as carrying a audio visual component which she connects to a tv and she starts watching wandavision yeah (laughs) so um we also see so this snaps back to a presentation of a man in a hazmat suit and he's being lowered down to penetrate the field of Westview underground. Uh, some, I guess they're trying to take an approach from, you know, going beneath this field and yeah. maybe assuming that uh, it doesn't extend through the earth. And so they're sending a man in tied to a wire. He makes his way and the leader of sword who's, uh, I can't quite remember his name right now. Uh, he comes into the command studio or command center and they overhear Darcy playing WandaVision. WandaVision and they all, everybody in the command center sees her playing it and they recognize Wanda and vision there. And everybody basically is like, what is this? What's going on? And she explains, this is, this is what it is. It's broadcasting out of this field here. And so that's when everybody sort of kicks in action. They say, analyze this, this is where we're at. And so we get a back out view of, I believe the first episodes ending of a man at, a desk watching the first episode end and writing down details on it. And so, except it wasn't a man. It was, it was cat. It was Darcy. Yeah. Oh, it, oh, was it Darcy? I think so. Oh, okay. I thought it was a different man also watching the, the viewer screen, but y- yeah, either way. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that going goes into, they sort of start trying to identify all the characters in the show and going through it. They basically start identifying that practically all the characters in the show are someone that lives in Westview. So they start getting real people. Yeah, yeah real people. So and we're then, to assume that everybody in Westview, including all the people have been sucked up into this new reality, including one Monica Rambo, who is noticed in at first in the background of an episode, but then later appears within the plot of the episode itself. Yes. And so Darcy, I believe, gets the idea that because they can, they see Monica Rambeau in there, but they also see that there are radios in their house. And she gets an idea that maybe they can somehow broadcast into those radios and maybe connect with Wanda. Shortly after the scene from episode two, where she meets Geraldine when she's talking to Dottie, we know that in that episode, 
she receives a, a voice on the radio transmission, which Ryan had, knowing the background information on the, the voice actor, knew was Jimmy Woo. So we see that event coming from outside. We see Darcy say, hey, all right, you're going to stand out here. And when I let you know, you're going to speak into it and maybe try to project a, a, uh, a message to her. So we know that Jimmy Woo's message does make it in to Wanda and she does hear it. And there's a moment where both Wanda and Dottie are reacting to it and we see it. And then we see that the radio shorts out and then Dottie almost resets or just ignores it and moves on with it. It's it's like a it's like a bad edit. It's a jump cut for like in a technical sort of film editing term. She she's framed in one second and then framed differently. So it's a very noticeable jump in where she is, what's happening. She even has her hand covering the wound from the glass that broke in her hand. Yeah. So but the events from outside it what's projected on the TV is that you do not see any of the things that we saw in episode two. You don't see that whole interaction. You don't it, hear Jimmy on the radio. You don't see the glass break. Yeah. It just jumps straight to Dottie holding her hand and asking this thing. But, but Wanda's face is still clearly surprised or uh, confused. So we, we can see kind of that reaction, but again, it just like mentioned, it just is a bad edit. It's a bad edit and just hops through and, Darcy sees that something was a little weird, but doesn't really take too much note of it. Yeah. So, and she just considers it, um, you know, that they failed to project that uh, yeah. message in and, you know, they, they stopped trying. This is also, I believe where we see the hazmat suit person finally come up, except once we see them, this is, it's actually interesting. The hazmat is the first person we see transform through the wall, through yes. the, through the energy field becoming a beekeeper suit, presumably because in this sort of 1960s time, a hazmat suit doesn't really fit in a beekeeper that that could make sense that it's weird, but it at least makes sense to see that. And so it's like the field translates him into something that makes more sense. Yes. So it just like the helicopter, it, it turns from what is clearly kind of a higher tech drone into a more simplified, almost helicopter like toy. And then we see that again with the beekeeper. His, it goes from a hazmat suit into a beekeeper. And, and not only that, but the wire, the, the communication wire that is attached to the hazmat suit turns into a jump rope, like a plastic uh, with the little ringlets jump rope. That's like a red, lot of blue, us, white. Yeah, yeah I, but, I, I didn't think necessarily jump rope but i did recognize that it wasn't like it wasn't like a normal like wire rope it turned into like something more playful and cutesy yeah i'm pretty sure it was one of those uh plastic multi-ring jump ropes that we use i mean a lot of us 90s kids had on the playgrounds at uh, school i kind of recognize it as that so maybe somebody else did if you did drop it in the comments but we see that both of those things transform as he makes his way through and, and then we see that scene again uh, from the end of episode two, where he emerges and we see Wanda and vision, see her and, and we see it from the other side. Now we see it more from the beekeepers perspective where, who we know is just a man from sword crawling in through there. And he comes up and turns and sees Wanda and vision and Wanda once again, just says no. And that's all we get. We don't know what happens to him. Yeah, we do not know what happens. We know that it, from what we saw then, it just rewound the footage to them not going outside. But it does yeah. not tell us what actually happens to him, though. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a question mystery for later. I mean, where does that man go and what happens to him? 
But I think it lends, so one thing that lends credence to a question I had about vision previously, an idea that if the- Well, let's finish the recap because we still have a little bit. Let's try to finish the recap so we can get into talking points. So, because we're almost at the end, they've, if we jump back, we see that they're now watching the 70s episode with Ama Wanda about to give birth and the whole- the whole situation plays out as we saw and they see um, uh, Geraldine, Monica bring up Ultron and they think, oh, did, did she say Ultron? And Wanda once again questions her, what did you say? But it sort of cuts out from her suspicion to just the end of the episode. So we don't, we see even less than what we saw in episode three of the interaction between Wanda and Geraldine or the aftermath with her talking with vision or vision talking with the neighbors. But what is then revealed and as, and and while we're watching this, the aspect ratio does change. So it goes from the normal television square full screen, I guess, uh, to the widescreen view. Yeah. We we, get this more cinematic. We're in the, we're in Wanda visions world, but it goes into the cinematic view. Yeah. And uh, we see Wanda begin to become very serious and she begins to demand, who are you? Where are you from? And her voice kind of changes from this sort of upbeat, uh, pleasant voice that she's had most of the episode when she's playing this character to the voice of Wanda Maximoff with this authority and almost uh, a menace in it. And Scarlet Witch is is arrived. Yeah. And uh, she begins to realize you are yeah she says you are no friend you're you're a stranger to this place and if she begins to you're use her sorcery her her red uh, scarlet witch we magic see, begins yep, to come we out. see the red powers and she basically pushes um uh, geraldine monica out of the world like forcing her through walls out to the outer perimeter of the uh place and so as they are watching on the screen and they see that edit and the cut and they're like, what, what, what happened there? And they rewound it a couple of times and they just see all it does is edit. But within moments of that, Geraldine, they didn't get a warning that something's coming out of the field. And that's when Geraldine is blasted out and arrives on the ground. Like we saw at the end of uh, episode three, Monica has returned. Yes. So, um, I don't believe that's, uh, everything that was like, Oh no. Yeah. Vision walks back in. Yes. Back and, in Wanda's world. Wanda yeah. has repaired the walls that she broke. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wanda you know, says, everything's fine. Geraldine just left kind of like we saw in episode three, but she turns around and straight jump scare. It's <laughs> dead vision face with the his head caved in as it was when Thanos ripped the Mind Stone out of his forehead. And his eyes blank. Yeah, it's I mean, it's just uh, I mean, it's, it's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so Wanda is definitely scared by it. She looks down and looks away. But then when she looks back, his face is as normal again, though. Yeah. And and one one thing I want to point out is that after she blasts Geraldine out and her power starts to go away, she does have this look of confusion, maybe a little bit on her face. Uh, so I don't know. We'll we'll get to that in a sec. But yeah, so that that ends the recap. Uh, or so the episode ends. Vision tries to Vision sees that Wanda is disturbed and tries to comfort her and says, "You know, we don't have to stay here. We can go somewhere else." And mm-hmm. she says, "No, this is home." Yeah, this is home now. I have everything under control. Yes, that's the and quote. They basically take the babies and they go to sit down, and just like the episode sort of ends, it's them just hitting happily. Let's watch some TV. Yeah, let's watch some TV. 
Yeah. Um, but then we jump back to at the very last moment. Monica now blasted out and them asking what what happened? What happened in there? And she says, It's Wanda. It's Wanda. All of it's Wanda. And that's how the episode ends. Cue Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> mm-hmm. So touching back on a couple things, I mean, we can go with you know, Monica coming out and saying that. This might confirm some suspicions that I mean this this world is all controlled by Wanda, that this is some kind of creation of Wanda. I mean, it it basically says it blatantly, but I I still suspect that's not 100% true. I don't think this is entirely Wanda's creation or under control. I I think it definitely is in large part part of her control, but I think there's still something about it that doesn't seem it, it doesn't it seems as if she's not fully aware or if she's aware she's duping herself or that there I I just I'm I'm still questioning, especially the confused look that she has after she blasts Geraldine out. And how in multiple instances, when somebody starts to talk to her, when Jimmy Woo gets the message through to her or when the in the first episode, when the husband starts to choke it, she seems confused as as well. And so I don't know if this is maybe that she is ensconced in this reality and it begins to break somewhat for her. And and then she realizes who she is or something. But as well as she doesn't have even though she has stronger, more. powers that can make anything appear it, it she can't control anything she doesn't seem to have the awareness she can control everything uh, unless it's convenient for the show i guess so you say you take it as confusion on her face in all those situations i more take it as a sort of concern a sort of stress of the moment where she's trying to where she sees like little cracks in her perfect world and so in those moments she sort of just left to try and think, okay, what do I need to do to fix this? What this isn't right. And this is wrong. I need to fix this. And so uh, you, you could take those as looks of confusion or as looks of stress of concern of how do I fix this? So when the walls are broken, she's not confused as to what happened. She's just like, Oh oh no, I need to fix the walls. Vision's about to come back inside. This, this, this isn't what my room, this is not what my nursery looks like. This is not what my house looks like. I don't have these. I mean, I have magic powers, but I don't do anything like that. It's more, it's more like a sort of need to fix her world and fix her psyche. It's like a, um, a re, uh, there's like some sort of term that I'm trying to think of, but I can't, I'm, can't quite get to it. She's just trying to like reestablish her safety net, her, her idea of the world. I think that's very potential. And so I think one thing about the, the vision death, uh, sort of a jump scare. I think one part of that is that because her, if she is the one crafting everything and she's manifesting so much of this, I think in that moment, because it was so broken, uh, that she's so become aware of the, she turned her attention away from the vision fantasy and maybe and like in the in the scene with uh jimmy and dotty i had this thought while you were describing it in the scene we see dotty start to question who are you what's going on because maybe wanda's being distracted with the real world in that moment so dotty whoever dotty really is is starting to question where what where are we I'm, i'm so confused and maybe geraldine being able to come up with ultron because Monica was as clueless as everyone else. Maybe yeah. in that moment it was Wanda because she was having her own memories of the real world. It was yeah. her slipping up 
mm-hmm. her control on Geraldine. Yeah. And Geraldine just happened to have that knowledge. And so Wanda knew that she, it, it, it just lucked out that Monica happened to be a sword agent who knew what Ultron was and knew what happened to her mm-hmm. in the real world. That, that was just sort of the circumstances of that situation. Yeah. So, I mean, it would seem that at least my thought so far is that Wanda is manifesting most of this reality. She is the one that is making sure it all happens. She's projecting the mind altering effects to everyone within the world and even beyond it to make everybody forget about it, that this world, this doesn't exist. Everybody just ignore this. Westview is a town that only exists only as Wanda it wants it to be. And when Wanda, something kind of goes wrong because she's using, she has to focus on it all the time. And when something goes wrong, she it allows reality to break a little bit allows people to breach from it and and we know in episode three uh wanda's having the baby so things are going crazy all over the place in in what are you know a typical sitcom wacky ways but we also can understand that that's why the neighbors outside are starting to regain their awareness mm-hmm. at least they, temporarily potentially yeah because they never had any of that level of awareness in the previous episodes they yeah. were all pretty like they had like occasional goofs when something else happened but more or less they were they were their characters in the show mm-hmm. and in this episode they seem to like regain some awareness and like we were theorizing maybe they were Hydra agents. Now I just kind of think that they're scared and confused people. Yeah, I think at this point it's somewhat confirmed that they're just all people that lived in Westview and Wanda has just sucked them up into her reality. But it, I still think that there's something else at play. I don't think it's just Wanda. I mean, uh, again, we'll we'll see. But I think something has come to her, been introduced to her or uh, forced her into this, or maybe Hydra does have something to do with it, that they are trying to manipulate her. Or s- I think some other element came into this to get this started. I I just, I don't know why. I See, just, it doesn't seem like... The mo- n- n- but just looking back at every time that someone starts to see beyond the, the glamour of it all, it, there's always they always seem to have similar looks on their face. It's not one of, um, uh, it's not just a look of confusion. It's usually a look of fear of concern. Mm-hmm. So again, the, the wife in the first episode asking Wanda to stop it. We assume she wants, I made the uh, presumption that she wanted the choking to stop. Maybe she's also begging for this whole thing to stop, stop yeah. it like a begging stop, stop what's going on until Wanda gets things back in order and gets their minds back under control. Mm-hmm. And like the fear that you see in, in episode three, I, I didn't know what to think of it at the time, but the fear that you see in uh, Catherine Hahn's eyes, like looking at the neighbor telling him, stop, stop talking about this. She doesn't, she doesn't know what's going to, what will happen to them if they, if they start to break the world down, we don't Mm. know what it could be. We don't know how long this has been going on, quite frankly. Yeah. So one thing I kind of pointed out is that, so Jimmy Wu is there and Monica arrives with the drone and she sends the drone in. So we know that the drone comes up. Is it, it's episode two, correct? Like early in episode two, episode two, same episode that Geraldine arrives. So what we can, uh, we can know is that the events of episode one have occurred. And when that drone goes in, it's, the beginning of episode two, that early part of episode two, when the drone would be arriving and, and landing or at least theoretically the, in the night, yeah. whatever it might've been. So 
And then she, Geraldine is sucked in shortly after the drone. And Geraldine shows up in episode two. But the response, so by the time that Geraldine is sucked in, and so Jimmy obviously alerts everybody and sort of has this it response. It says 24 hours later is when um, uh, Darcy arrives to start watching the show, and there is still in episode one. Yeah, and, and she's now watching episode one. So 24 hours later so from 24, Monica entering. Exactly. So something, I, the the time and space of everything must be a little warped. Yes. That, that whatever occurred in episode one, so because the but then there, it just it's not all linear here. But then when they're watching episode three in real time, mm -hmm. when the events of Monica being banished from the from WandaVision, when it plays out on the TV, it's happening in real life. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that when so Geraldine is sucked in, she's in there for some unknown amount of time. And when Jimmy Woo and them blast their radio message in there. We don't know how long Geraldine's even been there or Monica as Geraldine has been inside this world. Same thing with the beekeeper. We see the beekeeper sort of arrives. I, I, he's I, calling he's, in right he's after Darcy just got there. Yeah, he's entering like if not right after Darcy got, got there, maybe within a couple hours of her being there. And he, he, he arrives at the end of episode two which is again, 24 hours after Monica arrived and after the helicopter arrived. Yeah. So there's something wonky here with the, the actual timing of everything. I mean, it is what it seems to be some sort of altered or parallel reality universe. So I mean, we, time doesn't need to be linear, but, yeah, but that's we, definitely something to keep in mind. And there is like, there's reference made to on the radio idea that uh, Darcy has to try and communicate with them. She makes reference to, the fact that once an episode she goes to wash dishes and that's just, we never see her wash dishes within the show episodes we saw. So this implies that there is a continuing show or maybe reruns of the same show that they are able to see that we're not watching. Even when they see Monica within the show for the first time, we, we didn't see that little shot of her, before we saw her within the show, they're seeing something extra. They're seeing some other parts of the world, but they're also missing parts of the show. So, so we're, we're I mean, we're maybe, and this may just be the way it's written also. Like maybe we're thinking a little bit too much about it. Like it's just written specifically so that the, Hey, it all just works out. And you know, whenever they're sending messages, uh, they, it's magic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just works. So, well, it, it's cosmic. It's cosmic. It's CRMBs. Yeah. So one thing uh, I, I started to touch on earlier but was really, I think this is a really important sort of revelation or something that's just uh, going to be a big thing later is that I previously said in another episode that I thought there was a potential one. I, I believe it was the end of episode three that you see that Monica goes in wearing her regular outfit and a shield, uh, you know, jacket. She goes in and has a new set of clothes, more than one set of clothes, as we see her over two episodes. They, so the, these clothes change. She ha has access to a different wardrobe. But when she comes out, she's in the same clothes. So we know that not only was the person, her mind was a little affected, but her, the actual clothes on her that were in that that reality that were created in that reality came out and are now real in this reality. Well, you, we, we noted it earlier with the rope jump rope. Exactly. We did say that the jump rope changed, but I don't think we mentioned that it, it changes out. on the other side. It came out, came that, back that out. That wire is now also on on in our end, in our reality, 
is a jump rope piece. So we know that whatever's in this reality not only can manifest and come back to our reality, but it can transform its connection, transforms what is just beyond it. It transforms physical matter. So I have this idea that it's going to be somehow key or possible that Vision may be able to break from this reality and be real like as he is but now the the key thing is is what is vision is he manifested truly is his consciousness really there is he really a living i mean he is a consciousness inside of a uh you know a added or not adamantine but um a uh vibranium you know created form but uh he's as close and with the mindstone he's given additional living uh i don't know being or whatever but does that mean is that what he is in the has he been fully formed in there and if he were to come out does he come out uh as himself again or does he come out as an inert body or i just i'm interested to see that but i think there's some potential here that that we could see this be a way that vision comes back to life somehow i mean we see that there's a potential for a living a living person to pass in and come back as themselves we see that a non-living material can come out as it is so if Vision, I, I I don't know. I think this is just hopeful to maybe see that Vision could return, could be returned to life in the MCU with this show. Or at least maybe that's what Wanda wants. I mean, I think that is the desire here is that this is a perfect life where Wanda gets to have Vision and have children. Um, so I'm just really excited to hopefully see Vision come back. I think it'll be really great. I think I'm much more pessimistic. I don't think Vision makes it out of this town. I think Vision, I think the entire reason she's in this town is because this is the only place where she can keep Vision and keep a sort of fantasy life. I, I, yeah, I don't see, I don't think Vision's coming out of their life. Though this does, this, this touches upon some, something that I want to address and uh, something we've actually sort of covered two of them. Within the episode, we see uh, Jimmy write some questions on a whiteboard trying to figure out what's going on. We touched upon same time and space is one of the questions. One of the questions is, is Vision dead? Because, of course, everyone assumes Vision is dead, but he appears here. So that's still it still remains an open question. I, I, I think that he is dead and it's just a manifestation of Wanda's conscious. You perhaps are theorizing it may be separate but so those are two of the questions the other questions are uh what's the deal with the hexagon shapes well hexagon is the bestagon if you didn't know <laughs> look up cgp gray he uh, and hexagons you'll see what i'm talking about um but yeah i don't understand what is up with hexagons but once i we actually rewatched the episode again just before doing the podcast here and i did notice now there are a lot of hexagons the whole realm is shaped as a hexagon around westview um, and the title sequences are hexagons as well. Yeah. And even some of the, like the way that the episode ends and the things are framed in are hexagons. So I, I don't know if there's more. I'd have to go back and watch the other episodes, but I bet they probably show up more in those. And maybe that's just uh, how it happens because hexagons are the best shape, but maybe it has something more significant. Um, so, yeah. And then the last question, which is sort of where I want to, um, uh, cause we talked a lot in this episode, there's a lot of open questions, but let's sort of get back to the question at hand with, from the very first episode of WandaVision. Why a sitcom? Maybe here's, here's a, just a theory. I mean, it's not really necessarily based on anything, but 
maybe Wanda's hearkening back to her childhood and that's something that made her feel good back when her and Pietro before everything happened with Sokovia or maybe even just right before that happened uh the you know the bombing in Sar- Sokovia happened they you know, maybe they were watching a sitcom and that's like the last happy moment Wanda remembers before everything kind of just went downhill and it was you know loss after loss after trauma and suffering yeah so that's that's just an idea it has I no mean, real that, founding well but. I mean I feel like that's sort of the general that that's sort of my assumption as well that Wanda had some connection to sitcoms because if this is a manifestation of her psyche, then somewhere deep down sitcoms are a comfort place for her. Yeah. And I, I, I think that seems like a decent idea. So inter- I think that's something to look forward to. One thing, just a total theory is that, so the CMBR cosmic micro background radiation uh, they reference it. Two of them represent as, oh, that's the stuff the the Big Bang's made of or yes. radiation left over from the Big Bang. So so I believe that that means that it's connected to the essentially the inception of the universe, which connects to the infinity stones. Yes, yeah, that's the presumption. And her magic is infinity stones. Yeah, so I have this, maybe this kind of idea that, so this, again, this is supposed to be the reality that has no infinity stones anymore. Maybe there's a potential that because I, I've sort of suggested that this reality can bring things back into life. And because of the infinity stones, even though them as stones are gone, but those were just condensed material of things that are just, you know, forces of the universe that that can't be, you can't destroy those forces of the universe. They just are going to continue to exist, but maybe this would be a way to remanifest the stones and bring them back out. And maybe there's some sort of player that introduces this potential in Wanda saw that she had maybe this power and, and is manipulating her to create a scenario where they can extract the infinity stones back out of, back into reality and become, you know, master of the universe, Thanos style, do whatever they want again. I think a more simple explanation is that her powers are from the infinity stone. And so her powers would manifest with the same energy as the infinity stone. Yeah, that's a simpler explanation. But if I end up being right, I said it first here. So I mean, yeah, you did. So you <laughs> you you lay your claim. <laughs> um yeah, so at this moment I can't I can't think of anything else that comes to mind. Do you have any other thoughts uh, or this is more uh, touching upon uh I don't know. See, it's hard to tell if this is just a casting coincidence or something, but I was noticing while uh, Jimmy Woo and Darcy's characters were watching the TV, reminiscing upon the fact that they're watching a sitcom. It, it popped to my mind that both of these people are notable um, uh, stars of sitcoms. Um, uh, Kat Dennings from Two Broke Girls, uh, Randall Park from Fresh Off the Boat. And I just found it funny to think, like, what like what are the odds that of all the random uh MCU background characters to pull in. They just happen to pull in two that are from sitcoms and are naturally funny people. Yeah. I actually kind of like, I like that they did that. I think it's very, it's very self-aware of the, uh, the writers and directors to, to do that. And they make sense being there. I mean, you know, Jimmy Woo is an FBI agent. Darcy is was studying under, uh, Natalie Portman's character. What's her name? In the, I don't know what her name is in the, uh, MCU. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's like they make sense, but but yeah, at the same time they could have. But at the same time, it could have been they they could have made m- m- so many other background characters make sense, mm-hmm. but it just happened to be these two. Yeah, so I think it was a wise choice on their part. 
one thing that that brings back, and I really want to, part of my big appreciation for this episode is that it really is just, it takes it from this being WandaVision, show about Wanda and Vision, to really bringing it into the whole MCU again. Like, I mean, we're begin, touching on beginning so with many the snap. Yeah, we're, we're touching on so many different places of the MCU and just bring them all together. And that's what I I think everybody really wants to see out of all these new episodes is that this, I mean, this post end game, everybody's together. All the heroes have interacted. Uh, there's, there's no more. I mean, I mean, not to say we're never going to see individual uh, movies anymore. I feel like we barely even touched upon the fact that Monica Rambeau is, uh, she's, yeah, I believe it's within in the, the comic universe is the, successor to uh carol danvers as captain marvel yes and i believe she takes on the name photon which is her mother's call sign uh, as an air pilot as her new superhero name um uh, alongside being uh the new captain marvel and so maybe we see wandavision as her origin story of how she gets the infinity stone powers like carol danvers did yeah yeah because she's she's been touched by wanda she's been touched by the infinity zone we'll see if that manifests now or maybe sometime later yeah i'm really interested to see that maybe maybe monica even says i'm going back in or something she and because she has this because she came out of it and has the awareness she thinks that she can go back in and so she uh, maybe goes back into my theory that there is some sort of like they're trying to pull the infinity stones out here and she interacts with it and the the i mean again I'm, i I could be totally off base this probably doesn't you know this might be this wild <laughs> fan theory here but maybe that is some interaction she gets a hold of one of these infinity stones that's getting pulled back into play and it, that's what empowers her um so yeah i don't know that could be something but i just love that this episode brought the mcu back into play and and now honestly if i have to see three three more episodes of it being episodes of wandavision i i feel will feel more satisfied i think it was fine that i watched those first three episodes and got to this it just made it all worth it and again not to say it was bad before but this is what i was waiting for i mean i was happy before but i this, this is just one final thought that i just want to want to touch upon I feel like the first two episodes, when they end, they didn't end with any sort of notable music, but episode three and four both end outside of WandaVision, and they also end to music, Daydream Believer and Voodoo Child specifically. I'm wondering what the significance of those songs may be. And then the only other like song I recall appearing within the show was episode one we heard uh yakety yak prominently featured in the episode but yeah it, it may maybe they're just songs to maybe it's just music to design the impact of the show to make you take away from the show with more positive feelings because they're notable popular songs but uh i don't know i i think uh in the mc since something's so cr- finely crafted as the mcu I don't feel like most things are unintentional. That's why that's why I wanted to bring them up. Like yeah. why Daydream Believer, I mean, it's like that just sort of made sense why why that would appear in WandaVision. Like mm. like just the the sound of the song, the era of the song. Voodoo Child, however, feels a little it, it's the same era, but it has a different feel to it. So it feels a little more I don't know. It feels a little more uh, sinister, maybe. Yeah. So maybe that's something to 
keep in mind and uh, look into for next time. But uh, I think that's all uh, for now, folks. Yeah, I think I think that was a rewarding discussion. Yeah, indeed. Uh, until next time, this is Robert. And this is Ryan. Have a good one. Yep.